the Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 427. Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Huzzah! What's that? That's a back-to-back huzzah, just like the back-to-back league championships we're going to take down now, baby. Hell yeah! I love the I love the uh, the faith here. If you missed it, uh, uh, just was came off of Blinkers Off. Uh, it started an hour ago, but check out if you're not already subscribed, check out Blinkers Off. Uh, Aaron and I were on, and we did the draft for the Racing Dudes uh, Triple Crown Fantasy League that Mike and I won last year, and uh, uh, it was fun. We uh, I did a little introduction video welcoming everybody to the start of the league. So go check that out yet if you haven't. And then we also did some previews for Oaklawn and that was great because the last thing Mike wants to do is talk about a track that doesn't have turf racing which literally leaves us with just Gulfstream and that's okay I like me some Gulfstream man we were razor thin close to hitting a monster today over at Gulfstream uh it did well Wednesday it's a bettable track if you know the trends and we're gonna be talking about those because we are going long on the turf short on the synth long on the synth uh and we got a dirt race so we're covering everything here from Gulfstream Park Oh no, there is no dirt. Well, it's only no turf. Dirt. And right. We got three turf and two synth. This is like, yeah. It's like it's like the, the Gulfstream looked at everybody else and was like, Fairgrounds has no turf, Aqueduct has no turf, Los Al has no turf, Oakland has no turf. Let's just throw all the turf and synth here, and, it, and uh, it's going to be great. There's a lot of great racing. Uh, there's two legs which you and I agree on, including we agree on the same single. I don't actually know if that's happened before uh, on the show, at least not in a very long time. And then we just kind of go Gulfstream uh, with the rest of the legs there. Yeah, big fields too, which uh, means it's going to be really easy to hit, and it's uh, you know no problem. Got this one. Got this one in the bag. <laughs> oh, it, uh, boy! Uh, as Michael says here, uh, uh, no better not to play Tampa. Tampa does also have a turf course. We've tried Tampa and maybe gone one for four at Tampa before on this show, so we don't touch Tampa. The stakes days at Tampa, I find playable. Uh, but True. man, it is tough when it's not a stake state because it's like it's Gulfstream Park with worse horses that are less consistent. And I just, it, it is it's difficult for me to play. It's one of those tracks I just I'll stay away from unless there's a, a good reason, a.k.a. a carryover or a big day. Yeah, and you really have a great point. The stakes days, that's when you see horses come from out of town and show up and then actually, you know, they have form at other places that can kind of sometimes come to Tampa. Uh, but hey, I, I guess not everybody's a big fan. I know a couple of people are not big fans of Gulfstream. It can be frustrating. And this is the start of, it's not quite the championship meet. We're almost there, but basically the start of it. We're all optimistic right now. Come back in a couple of months and see if we're still happy about Gulfstream or not. But uh, Mike, we got a long show. We got a lot of horses we disagree on, so it's probably going to take a while to get through Gulfstream Park, lay pick five on Saturday, December 10th. Let's get into it. Riders up. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. That was definitely not the right button to push, but we well, rolled with it. First, many shows already. <laughs> first leg of the lay pick five. The first leg of Leaping Five at Goldstream Park, Saturday, December 10th, race six. We're on the turf for race six, and this is 10 maiden two-year-olds, including two making their career debut, five more making their grass debut. And I want to stick on that for a second, Mike. Goldstream Park shut down the turf course over the summer to rebuild it. It's getting rave reviews right now, so I'm very excited to talk about this, but we're not quite sure how the trends are going to play because it is a different course in a good way. Where'd you go on top? Yeah, it is. Um, look, Gulfstream's Park was, a, we called it a dirt course in some cases last year before they did this renovation. 
heavily speed favoring, especially the maiden special weight races, wanted to be inside on the first turn specifically, really tough if you're not saving ground there. So far, it has played similar to that. If you're throwing up at sub 23, you're in trouble up front. But if you're throwing up between that 23 and 24 range, you can put up a 47 to 48 half. You've got a good shot at at least sustaining the top three down the down to the lane. So my handicapping on this turf course right now, if there's not a ton of speed, you want the horse up front. And if there is and you don't think it's going to be too fast, you still want to lean toward horses that are forwardly placed. However, has been fair. You have seen horses come from off the pace, especially if they're going sub-23 in that opening quarter. I, I agree with you. It's going to be interesting to see how some of these synthetic horses, because you saw maiden special weights in that 40K range. Now all those horses that were running in those on the synthetic are going to be going two turns or one turn on the grass. So it'll be interesting to how, see how that translates over. Specifically in those synthetic races, two turns synthetic, you want to be – uh, coming from off the pace, one turn you want to be on the lead. So use that in your handicapping when we are moving from synthetic over to turf. One of my favorite angles earlier prior to the new turf course was horses on synthetic who showed speed and quit switching over to the turf as lone speed or one of two speeds because they generally would hold on significantly better once you headed over to that turf course. Uh, with that in mind, I'm going to kick it off here with the two horse. Spinning Musician is my top pick, eight to one on the morning line. This horse is coming out of a five and a half furlong synthetic turf sprint. Uh, showed some space, some pace, was bumped early at the break, ended up fading out afterward, uh, ran in a pretty good race. The winner won by four and three quarters. This is a horse that I think wants the turf, that Sweezy wanted to get one into before heading over to the turf. A horse that I know is going to be forwardly placed. If we go 23 flat and we're breaking out of the two post here, going to be forwardly placed on that first turn, may even be in the lead. Miguel Vasquez, sneaky good jockey down there at Gulfstream. We don't have the full complement of jockeys in this race, although they are down there now. You see Sias here, but not yet the Ortiz brothers. I think Vasquez gets a good break here. May get a lone lead here at 8-1. to one. I think it's awfully dangerous up front, especially for hard spawn, who's better going two turns here. So I'm going to put the two-horse spinning musician on top. Uh, this is the last horse off my ticket right now. My ticket's pretty, uh, uh, it's pretty low. It's $48. If you add this in, it ends up being 72. Uh, you bring up a great point about, I thought the horse was, you know, it was a decent debut. It kind of looked like the, and it was bet, you know, basically 14 to one, like it needed a race or two to get going, but it should improve. You got to like the inside draw here. Um, didn't end up using, uh, my top pick you didn't use either. So that's fine. The number nine hardy choice is six to one. For Brian Lynch, Julian Le Peru. Now, this is a horse at Keeneland uh, during the fall meet leading up to the Breeders' Cup. Tried the turf and tried going two turns for the first time. And had the lead, was pushing it, and then just completely quit out. But it was a much, much tougher spot, I thought. The horse that ended up winning, Worthington, came back uh, a couple of weeks ago. Crushed a turf route by two and a half lengths on the Stars of Tomorrow tonight. Got an 82 buyer, so it looks like a, a definite turf stakes horse to look out for at the championship meet come January at, at Gulfstream Park. Uh, you know, all four siblings that Hardy Choice had that made it to the track one, two of them won at age two, one of them won on turf. So good things to like. I also really love that Paul Meadows work two back 59 and four, uh, going five furlongs. So Clearly, I think turf, even though we debuted on the dirt, turf is where this horse is meant to be. Um, Julian Le Peru, how many times have we seen this horse or seen this guy, uh, if he gets a lone lead on a turf route, just end up walking the dog? Now, that's a big if because there are several horses in here who may go. The two could stretch out uh, and do that. The one has an early time form rating of 100. The six has an early time form rating of 100. Adds blinkers. Uh, so lots of potential for you know a wicked pace duel. I only went too deep, and that leads to the number four that you also use, so I'll throw it back to you. Yeah, I just 
to me, a really logical horse in here. This is actually my fourth horse out of this race. If you want to cheapen my ticket, which is a little more expensive, this is the horse that I would cut from here, although I would prefer to cut another horse in the third leg. We'll get to that one eventually here, too. Um, look, Southern Dream makes a ton of sense. Uh, had a pretty good race last time out. I think you got to note, uh, was breaking out of the 12th post, going a mile and 70 yards on synthetic. That is tough to do. I mean, you're going to be hung wide both turns. Southern Dream was hung four wide on the first turn, three wide on the second turn. And was clearly second best in that spot. Ended up finishing second, but lost by eight lengths. Was almost three lengths clear of the third place finisher. This is a horse that's shown the ability to come from off the pace. We don't have many in here that have shown that ability. So if you do have a pace duel that heats up, then the four Southern Dream makes a ton of sense in this spot. I considered your nine hardly choice. The key for me was breaking out of that one hole at Keenan last time and breaking out of the nine now this time. Uh, yep gonna feel some pressure from the inside and if you want to clear for hardly hardy choice you're going to have to go fast early i'm not sure that's going to be great uh going down the lane one of those situations where i think if the nine clears we're seeing that sub 23 opening quarter like i mentioned um and that's not the lead that you want i mean even in the last race today we saw sub 23 47 and the horse was not able to do anything in the stretch so worried about that nine po nine post for hardy choice but southern dream is the logical closer here and we do have enough speed that it, it could come into play and uh, before you move on to your other horses here, one note, the horse that won, uh, that beat Southern Dream by eight lengths, uh, Bluebird's over. It's a really talented Safi Joseph horse who from the debut went to Woodbine and won the grade three Grey Cup, uh, 73 buyer in that spot. So a good horse to lose by eight lengths to. And that horse was, by the way, was way ahead of Southern Dream early and just kept running. So the fact that he was eight lengths behind, he didn't really have a chance to catch him. No, no, that was, I actually thought that was a good race. I'm going to be using a horse out of that race, the eight horse B well, um, who just got an awful trip in that spot. This is one where the, the horse kind of broke a little bit out, was breaking out of the sixth post that day, ended up four wide, kind of made that middle move that I like to see and then faded off toward the end or upgrading from Camacho Jr. to uh, Tyler Gaffleone. This is a second out for Sisterson by English Channel. I think this horse has a pretty decent shot in this spot. I like the fact that we're switching over to turf. I think that's going to be a plus here. I think that uh, the distance shouldn't be any issue here going a mile again. It's another one I think can come from a little bit off the pace and be very, very dangerous. This is one where you saw immediately after that race, we started working out on the turf as well. I think the plan was the turf all along for this horse and that you're going to see an upgrade from moving over to that turf. And you also get second off. So you get, you should see improvement just general in that second start. And I like the eight to one price here as well for be well. Um, other horse I'm going to use here, I'm going to go four deep. I'm going to use the Pletrosias horse, uh, first-time starter, okay, boomer. Makes a ton of sense in this spot. We're not quite sure what we got, but we know there's no world beater in here. So it won't take that much of an effort for a first-time starter to be able to get the job done. Uh, so I'm going to end up going with the two, four, seven, and eight to kick things off. I wanted to play against the seven because it's such a short price, five to two, when I don't know what I'm going to get out of it. Um if the price was a little bit better, I'd consider. But um, it is interesting to note that over the summer, Pletcher had this horse at Saratoga, did work a couple times on the turf training track, and then we just didn't – something went wrong, needed it time off. Uh, we haven't had any turf work since then, but it's Todd Pletcher. You would want to trust him. And it's probably this. The eight was really interesting to me as well. There's a lot of horses we'll talk about um, you know, throughout the day uh, that are on this card that – we're running on synthetic and really were meant for turf, but there just wasn't turf racing available. And the eight was with Sisterson's crew in California, just didn't wasn't ready to get to the races in time. But there's plenty of turf racing that could have been out there. Comes back in the last three works all on the turf at Palm Meadows training course. Um, the eight is the one that I'm the most worried about uh, from this group that I didn't use. But 
I think the eight is a very interesting one. You could go a lot of different spots here. It, you know, I, we agreed on the four because, like I said, it just makes the most sense out of all of these. Yeah, the, the bomb that I looked at but didn't use was the five Harrington first out um, for a barn that can get the job done, was successful over in Europe, came over here to the U.S. You get Berrios up, kind of an unknown here in my mind. Um, I, I couldn't fit it on the ticket, but I, I kind of like that 20 to one price if you want to go deeper here. We've, uh, by the way, breaking news, we've already gotten a trade offer for our third overall draft pick in the fantasy draft. So, uh, boy, I love it. Everybody's so excited about the fantasy league. It's a good time. Uh, Hector Berrios had... Hector Berrios had a uh, a really nice winner today at Gulfstream with a uh, an import for Amador Sanchez that came in from South America and looked really good and had been facing another really good import that is probably headed to the Pegasus. So watch out what happens there. It's pretty interesting. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. I can look up the email, but do you remember who I'm talking about? Um, uh, bah, 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 bah. Super Corinto. That's who yeah, it is. That was, Super that Corinto. Was the five horse in the niche race. Yeah, the, the mile yep. 16th race. And then the other one is O'Connor. So O'Connor and Super Corinto. Watch out for those two uh, the rest of this meet. All right, Mike, let's move on. Second leg of the late pick five at Goldstream Park on Saturday, December 10th. We're on the synthetic five furlong sprint, seven Phillies and Mares, three and up, 20K uh, claiming tags. It's interesting because if you're three, there are no restrictions for you to show up in this race. But if you're four or older, you have to either be a non-winner of free lifetime or a non-winner of a race since June 10th of this year. And that is how we somehow both landed on the same single on the rail, a three-year-old with no restrictions who is six for 11. Six for 11 over this course, code five and five and a half. A clear standout. What's the price we get on her? Uh, four to five, maybe somewhere in there. It depends how much money the five horse Mercury head takes. Who, spoiler alert, I had no interest in. Um, look, I said it in the preview one turn, you want to be on the lead or near it. And that's exactly what Golden Isle is going to be. And you look through the rest of this field, there is no pressure. If you have a horse who is just loose on the synthetic going one turn at Gulfstream, it is extremely hard to beat that horse, especially a horse that likes to win on this course. I, I, this is one of those spots where. I could get creative here with Adios, babe, the six, if I wanted to try and go too deep in this spot. But to me, I, I think Golden Isle just takes his field gate to wire. And it's it's would the horse would have to not fire, essentially, in my mind, to be able to not get the job done. Nine to five is going to look more like four to five or three to five. But it, you kind of have to take a, make a decision. Do you take the stand or, or do you just kind of say, hey, look, this is the best horse. I'm not willing to try and let this horse beat me and I'm not going to go too deep. And that's the decision I came up with here. I, Golden Isle is the, clearly the best horse in this spot and has a pace advantage. I'll swallow the chalk here and use this as a single. Uh, a couple of things that you didn't mention, but uh, I love every point you made. You could try and poke holes in like, well, she keeps changing barns. Well, she keeps winning at the same thing. Like, I wonder, there's no data for it. I'd love to know how many barns were in on the shake. If you look at her last one, two, three, four, five starts, she was claimed out of every single one of them. She'll probably be claimed out of this race as well. But the only time that she had a bad effort I, it, it's kind of an off spot. It's kind of hard to you know, figure out what happened in her big loss two back. But other than that, every race fits perfectly here. Are you concerned at all that she was always running for 12-5 and now we're stepping up to 20? Or is because it's the non-championship meet still, is this still kind of a, a middle move? Uh, to me, I'm not because this is a lot of 12-5 type horses, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. like even Mercury had the five horse. Your second pick was claimed out of a $16,000 claimer. Um, you know, Adios Bay was in a 12-5 two back. Like there isn't a horse that's like, oh man, that horse is really dropping down. You can look at the two horse coming out of an overnight stakes race. Yeah, well, 
last time we ran competitively, it was at 7,500 and 10,500 claimers. So it's not like we got a world beater field. You have anyone dropping from 40 to 20, anything like that. This is a this is more of a 12-5 field running at the 20 level. And, and the argument around what happened to back, uh, the pace happened to back. I mean, they went 21 flat for the opening quarter. Uh-huh. They're not going 21 flat for the opening <laughs> quarter here. And that's that, to me, is the big difference. And it's, this is also at five, not five and a half. So we even get an extra advantage with the speed here. You don't need the extra half furlong. So you put all that together. It's just it's tough to try and beat Golden Isle in this spot in my mind. The other one I almost used if if I had you know was going to go too deep, I would have used the six. She's getting a big jockey upgrade to Luis Saez, and, and you know four starts on the synthetic course here. She's got a, a second and two thirds, but she comes from way off the pace. There is nobody who's going to be pressing that one, and so that's why we both landed on her. Was there anyone else that you wanted to talk about? Are you ready to move on? I mean, I, I was one six five in this spot, so I, I understand the love for the five there. It's just to me, if this is going to all be all about the pace, and I don't think anyone goes with the one, so it made it pretty easy. Let's move on. Oh, as my dog wants my attention here, third leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, December tenth, race eight. It's the seventy five thousand dollar wait a while stakes. Eleven two year old fillies going. Why are we going seven and a half furlongs? It makes it screws up all the DRF stats. I hate that. It's still two turns. Just make it a mile. Anyways. Plenty of options to go here. Where are you going on top? Give me the nine. Juniper Marshmallow on top here. I read Ortiz Jr., Todd Pletcher, uh, St. Elias Stable. This horse I thought was really impressive. Winning debut at Keeneland, the second-place finisher, comes back, breaks Maiden right off that. This is one of those horses where when you're looking at a, just a debut, rarely do you see a debut winner go through what this horse went through, was sitting on the inside on the first turn, swung six wide into the stretch and mowed him down. Byron can't come back wonderful, but that, that like I said, the second place winner coming back and winning gives a little more credibility to the race. I like the placement here. I like the fact that we get Irad aboard. He is very good in these type of spots. I love the eight to one price. I'll be interested to see if we get it, uh, but I love that eight to one price. Yeah, I used her here. I went four deep and, and loved it. A lot of it, I watched the replay and and looked at the chart for that Keeneland debut. Um, by the way, debuting and winning at Keeneland in a turf route like that and then coming to Gulfstream during the non-championship meet. This is might be a little bit of a class drop, even though these are winners uh, and stakes horses, at least for the most part. I know Delight's in here, but um, but she had a, a rough trip. You, you have to watch the replay to really see the kind of work that Irad had to have. But also, on paper, this race looks a lot like how that one was. You had the top three hit a complete wall because there was too much pace. And then she was there. She was the best horse to pick up the pieces. Who else do you want besides Irad on a horse and he's a pet? Well, maybe Joel, but Irad's going to be for Pletcher. That's who you want to have aboard. I'm with you. I don't know if we get to one, but if we can, sign me up. And by the way, Botanical uh, broke the maiden next out by 11 lengths in a route. Uh, it was on synthetic, but by 11 lengths. That's not easy to do for any horse. Uh, so that was impressive. My top pick is going to be the number three Isabel Alexandra for Gustavo Delgado. Jose Ortiz is aboard uh, by far a, a big, sorry, no offense to Ray Gutierrez. He's a great up-and-coming jockey. He's not Jose Ortiz yet. Uh, Jose Ortiz is going to hop aboard. And like I said, there's a lot of speed, the one, the four, the six, the 11. They might all try and go for that early pace. I fully expect Jose Ortiz to set her off a couple of lengths behind the pace. And when they hit that wall that I talked about in the Juniper Marshmallow, you know, being able to pick up, this one will have the jump on Juniper Marshmallow unless I ride keeps her a lot closer. You know, another horse that had a less than ideal stretch trip at Keeneland, but still looks pretty good. A very heavy favorite Heavenly Sunday was eight to five uh, in a field of 12 horses. I thought Isabel Alexander was clearly the best horse in that race. Um, in fourth place from that, came back to finish second in an allowance route, got a 73 buyer. So facing horses that came back and, and did well. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll piggyback on you here. Should also trip out. I mean, this is you've got the the two that doesn't show much speed. You've got the one and the four who both have some pace. This three should get the rail on the first turn right behind the leaders and be able to just kind of pick when to hit the go but the go button there, uh, going around the second turn, saving ground the whole way. So I, I like the trip the three should get. I would expect an improvement. I love Relu, but like you said, this is a jockey upgrade going over to Jose. Um, so I, I think the three horse is definitely a player in here. My top pick was right to the outside. I went with the four personal pursuit on top. This is a horse that is just screaming two turns on turf. Um, and because of kind of what happened through the progression of those first three races, just hasn't gotten it yet. Uh, tried to get on turf in the second race at Backwood Up. Race gets rained off. Horse still wins. Not a shocker. This is a, a daughter of Tappet. It was a very good off-track sire. Sold for $500,000, by the way. Um, and then comes back and runs in the matron, the grade three. Just throw that race out. I mean, got smashed at the break. Never had a chance. Um, and still decided to run late, which I think is definitely a good sign. I don't think the four needs the lead because I agree with you. There is quite a bit of pace in here. And we'll, we'll talk about the light who I'm not using. I don't know if you are, nope. um, but we'll talk about the light and how the lights trip is going to work out in this spot. And why five to two on the 11 just doesn't make much sense here. I don't think personal pursuit needs the lead. I think this horse could decide to sit back and then make a big move. But we do know it has that early turn of foot if that's what Gaffleon wants to do aboard. So I, I like the versatility on the four. I like the fact that this four should love two turns on the turf. And that's what I think we've been going for or waiting for the whole uh, the whole racing career here for this, this young two-year-old. So I have the four on top here. I like the nine quite a bit. Those are the two I was going to use. If you want to cut my ticket, which is a $90 ticket, down to 60 I would just go too deep in this race and play four nine and leave the three off. I left the three on because I'm taking some shots later in this card. Um, and I, I don't want the three to be the reason. That's why I'm putting the $90 ticket out there. But that that would be the cut for me if I, I decided to go too deep instead of three deep in the spot. Yeah, Ortiz and Delgado, three for 11 together at Gulfstream Park, too, in last, uh, last year. Uh, I did use the four as well. I didn't initially think I would. But then I thought about it. I'm like, Gaffleone's going to be aboard. He's a very smart jockey. He's going to see the speed. I don't think this horse is going to lead early. I think she sits right there within range of the three horse. Uh, Mark Cassie, you know, brought her to Saratoga uh, for the summer, trying to get her on the turf after she debuted at Churchill on the dirt. And she had a couple of minor issues and they couldn't quite get her ready for the races, but always was meant for the turf. You can see with those last two starts. And she should, she's out of a kitten's joy mare. She should love stretching out. It's just a matter of, will she be able to settle, um, with it. And this is a little bit of an experiment, right? You know, maybe she doesn't able to settle. We learned maybe she needs blinkers or something like that. But with the data we have, uh, I really love her here. So we agreed three, four, nine for our top picks here. Uh, not in that order, but three, four, nine we like. I went four deep. I also threw on the seven Malimu, not just because I love saying Malimu, it's a fun name, but this is an English Channel daughter who was bred in Kentucky, was sold to um, a, a overseas interest, and Joseph O'Brien was actually her trainer. She debuts facing 13 other horses. She's the two to one favorite. She sat way off early. And as soon as she got clear off the far turn and had a lane, she exploded. It was a really impressive turn of foot. I love the fact that she's not a forwardly placed Euro who's coming over here because that would just be a disaster. I think I'd like her a little bit better if, you know, no offense to Julian Le Peru if we had an Ortiz brother or something like that. But Julian Le Peru hits at 24% with a $3 ROI for Jack Sisterson at Gulfstream Park. Um, I, I do like that about her. And, you know, she got off two local works uh, on the turf course ever si since she came to America. That 47-2, and two, that first one, I think Sisterson was like, oh, we've got a good one here. Now let's just sit back a little bit. And by the way, she's N1X eligible. She's made one career start. Like Juniper Marshmallow, she doesn't need to be here. They could easily find an N1X turf route somewhere. No, nope, we're going to go right into a stakes race. So 
I like the uh, I like the fact that Joseph O'Brien was her trainer that she won on debut, and now we're coming over to a capable trainer in Sisterson. Um, but again, I understand if you know with Julian Le Peru or first time Euro facing North American horses, there's some reasons not to like her. Good pick. This is my fourth horse. This is the one that oh. I, I left. I ended up leaving off. However, I'm I'm utterly disappointed in you. Mally Moo with Leperu, and you didn't make any joke about it. Oh my God! I didn't even think about that. This is the wow. only horse and, and the dam is the dam is kangaroo. Like there's, there's, you got you could have come better with that. You made a phenomenal video, and you leave Malimu with Leperu out of the joke repertoire here. I'm I'm a little disappointed, Magic. I left it all on the table and blinkers off. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you played that intro twice already. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no kidding. Uh, let's talk about the eleven. You did talk about this uh, delight. She you know won the Jessamine at Keeneland. They got her the spot into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf. For me, it's not only just the five to two price, but her two wins were her two good wins. She broke from an inside post and got to the leader, got to be up front. Her two losses routing, she broke from post eight and nine. She got hung three four wide in the first turn both times. And she wasn't able to get close enough to the early pace to contend. Look at this field. Look at this setup and tell me that's not exactly what happens to her again here. Excellent handicap. I mean, nail on the head, especially in the Jessamine. That was a, a paceless race. I mean, I had her on top in that race because it was so paceless. And she went right to the front and was able to get the job done with Saez. They went 24-1, and 49-3, 114-3. They will go two seconds faster to six furlongs than they went in the Jessamine. Maybe Delight is good enough to win from off the pace going three wide on both turns. I'm not willing to bet on it at five to two. And it, it, it may be shorter than five to two on race day as well, because this horse is going to take money with size aboard for Jonathan Thomas. I, the eight becomes more interesting to me because Jonathan Thomas decided to put this horse in here with delight in the race as well. So to me, I'd rather take the longer price Thomas horse than the shorter price Thomas horse who is up against it from a trip perspective and is not going to get the setup that she got in the two wins. And yeah, I remember when hearing you say it, uh, Delight, you, uh, we covered the that card for the Magic Mike show. And I remember I didn't use Delight and you did. And, and you came out on the winning end there. Uh, let's move on, Mike. The penultimate leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, December 10th. To this point, you and I have been pretty much in sync. And now we're just going to go completely off the rails with each other. Race nine, to me, was the, uh, the hardest one. If, if I could hit an all button 11 horse field, to be this one. Mile and a 16th, synthetic route, 11 males, four and up that have either started for a claiming tag of 12.5 or less, or they're currently in for a 20K tag. Plenty of places to go where you're going on top. This is a dartboard race, my man. I mean, there are like 11 horses, and we both joked before the show we were trying to find a way to hit the all button somehow at this spot. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go to the track trends and say that you want to be coming from off the pace here, especially since we have three or four horses that want to come from up front. So I am just going to take a plethora of closers in this spot and hope that I pick the right closer to be able to get the job done. Um, I put the nine on top here, Racecraft. Uh, this is a horse you're getting. It's a Ryan Crichton barn. Ired's picking up the mount. I, I like Miguel Vasquez quite a bit. Still, Ired's going to be an upgrade here. Uh, was a 260 favorite against three of the horses in here last time out. This is one that at four, you're still waiting for that next jump up. And I think you could see that today. This is a horse that has improved a little bit throughout uh, throughout the career Needs to take a slight step forward to get the job done, but I think the pace is going to set up wonderfully here. Um, it should be rolling late. The question of is how far back are we and what the pace up front is going to be. I think the pace is going to be quick enough to set up for racecraft. If it does, I think Ira gets the trip job done, and I like that 8-1 to price again. I was surprised this horse was 8-1 to after being such a short price against the horses that are favored in this race last time out. I love this horse as well. Uh, you nailed all of the reasons to like. I think this, is, this race is 
potentially setting up for a huge pace meltdown. The one, the three, the four, the six. Sai is on the 10. Maybe, you know, the, the horse did try to go gate to wire last time out and it didn't work out. So there's a lot of speed in here. Um, I agree with you on the nine. Where do you want to go next? I went with a five next. And this is this is the only horse that has some type of speed that I am using. And this is the tactical horse where if there is a pace up front, because I'm not using the one, the four, the six, or the 10. If there is that pace up front, I want the first run horse. And to me, the five Moza is, or Mamza is the first run horse. I also want to say, go back and watch the replay of Mamza last time out, not the actual start, but see if you can get them loading into the gate. This horse is washed out. They mentioned in the DRF comments, the last race is a chuck out because of how the horse looked before the race. And so I'm, I'm allowing, I'm just crossing a line out for that because of the, the looks of the horse. I'm hoping we're not washed out again, but you know, we're handicapping here on a Thursday for a Saturday card. And guess what? This is the fourth race of the sequence. You won't know when you're pushing the button anyway. Um, I, if we can get back to what we did a couple races prior, then I, I think this horse has a real legit shot. I like the fact we saw a nice improvement when we jumped over to the synthetic uh, three back. And I like the fact that even after that last race, we're protecting this horse again in this spot versus going back to the claiming level where he'd won two straight races. Going from Figueroa to Jose Ortiz doesn't hurt either. So I, I, there's enough reasons here to get that upgrade. And this is the horse that I think makes the, the first run at this this hopeful pace meltdown. And then we'll see whether or not Mamza can keep to get it to the wire. So we agreed on two horses, and those are the first two you talked about. I like it. Uh, yes, uh, two of the Santiago Barnes, three wins. Joel Santiago is a trainer. They were in 2020, the three wins in 2022. Two of them were with this exact horse over this exact setup. And you nailed it. The, we debut on synthetic. We go up the ladder. We win. We go up the ladder. We were washy, but we stay. Uh, we don't drop back down to claiming. We go right back in this spot. So... Um, you've thrown Jose Ortiz on when he doesn't ride for Santiago. Uh, yeah, I like this horse a lot. Um, I'm going to take the lead now. I'm going to say my next one. I am going to use the 10, fly the W. I think that Saez is going to treat this horse a lot more like Ortiz treats the five instead of trying to gun for the lead. If you look at the horse's last three starts, or actually any of the synthetic starts, the best efforts were when we were tracking and then pounced when the early pace collapsed. Last time out, just ended up inheriting the lead and you see they went 26 49 and two it was a really slow dawdling pace and and just it wasn't a good position because the horse likes to chase he doesn't like to be chased or to be pressured like that that's at least i haven't talked to him lately but i'm assuming that's what he meant by that <laughs> but um you also like the fact that robert debona has started this meet extremely hot you know four wins from 19 starts he's 14 19 in the money right now Saez is easily the best jockey that's getting aboard this horse but you have an outside post draw, a horse that does like to be forwardly placed. And if you're worried he's going to get stuck four wide in that first turn, there is a reason to pass on him. That's my main concern here is, is how what trip are going to work out for Fly the W, who probably wants to sit a length back of the speed. Uh, if you're a length back of the speed, you're going to have to use this horse out of the gate to be able to get there. And then it's the question of can you get to the rail? I'm guessing the answer is no. You're probably sitting two to three wide a length back and you, you already use some of the horse. And then you've got a plethora of horses coming from off the pace that are not bad. I mean, they're, they're decent horses coming from off the pace that all have races that point back to good enough to win it. Now, if we can somehow find a way to get the trip we did two back breaking out of the two post, the 10 is dangerous, right? But I, I just, I don't see that trip manifesting for the 10 in this spot. And that's, you know, again, I, I think this is going to be your favorite. Um, it probably lukewarm two to five or five to two, three to one, somewhere in that range. And I, I just I felt like there were better options from a price perspective to go after. And, and I just I feel like this is one of those ones that unfortunately is going to be too close with that post to be able to get the job done down the stretch. 
Uh, talk to me about the three horse major wager. I didn't use, but I was kind of curious. I like Anna Mia as a trainer a lot, um, but I wasn't really, I didn't end up using because I, I couldn't quite figure out what this horse was going to do to be able to win. Make a case for it. Yeah, I like that last race. We won it 19 to 1, but I'm happy we're getting 15 to 1 back on the morning line here. Um, it's another horse that's shown tactical speed. Uh, it was close to the lead going five or five and a half a lot. The one time we've gone this mile, this two turn that, that's on the page at least, was last time at Indiana Grand going a mile on the turf course. And the horse showed a different dimension, was able to sit off the pace and able to close. This is exactly the type of trip that you're looking for. And if you're talking buyer perspectives, I mean, there's 85 and 82 and 80 and 82 on the page, all good enough to be competitive here. Now we're switching over to synthetic. Okay, well, guess what? Anamia, not bad. Switching over synthetic, 22% in nine trips. So two for nine with a $5.31 ROI. So gotten the job done with prices going from turf over to the synthetic. If we can keep our form from that last race at Indiana, this horse should be four to one, not 15 to one. And that's the main reason here why I'm playing it. Panici also knows how to get prices home over the synthetic. So I'm, I'm willing to take a chance here in a race where I'm going five deep. I'm going to use the horse right to the inside as well. The two horse poppies boys. This is the winner of that race that uh, that you have four horses coming out of coming into this okay. race. One at 16 to one, which obviously I don't love that now I'm getting six to one here. But man, that was impressive to close into that pace. You mentioned how slow they went. They went 26, 49 and two. And then the race picked up to 112. It's a pretty good six for a long time over that synthetic. And the two horse, Poppy's Boys, was able to take advantage of it off the layoff, too. That was a first start in four months. Now we're coming back off that freshening, getting the second start where uh, we have a, have had success over this golf stream synthetic course. We've been in the money four of six races. I don't, like I said, I don't love that price coming back, but I do like the fact that we've got a trainer who's been very successful here over 29% over the synthetic, two for five with the current meet, 40%, 26% for the year, only had 39 starters. This is one of those horses where I think the price was wrong last time, especially since we were a $1.70 favorite in the synthetic race prior to that at $20,000 claiming level, and that was a $20,000 optional claimer. I think the price was wrong, and that's why I'm willing to kind of say, okay, I'll take the six to one here even after the 16 to one last time out. Yeah, if you go, I was going to bring that up. If you go all the way back to the first time this horse got claimed for a tag and even like a, a few months before that, there's only three times the horse was ever over uh, or double digits for the betting. And then one of them was last time out. And you kind of look at even the last few races before that and go, well, I mean, he struggled on the synthetic, but he had that nice turf win at Gulfstream going two turns and 16 to one seemed like everybody had just completely given up on him. And then you just throw all elbows Leon on and knock the competition out of the way, even though you're on the wrong lead and get the job done. I am worried about the two I didn't use, but, uh, uh, is a, is a horse that definitely is at six to one, I think is, is a fair, a fair value. Yeah. Yeah. It's the second lowest price I'm using in this race too, going five deep. <laughs> so I'm, I'm definitely looking for a bomb here, trying to get out of this race with one. The other horse I'm going to use is the seven, Mr. Machusek here. Um, look, this horse is three for eight at Gulfstream over the synthetic course. Loves the synthetic course. One last time out, first time out for Dion Morsili. Uh, there's races in the back that get the job done here. And for me, that is the big point. Um, also beat Timmy M, who's in this race. Just missed the Poppy's Boy back at the $20,000 level as well. There's enough here to do it. And again, we're getting second off a layoff in this spot later in the five-year-old season. I would expect we should take a step forward off that last race. And if so, Mr. Machusek fits here again with these other horses, especially with the pace setup. This one needs pace up front to be able to win. And that's exactly what we're going to get. I want closers going two turns on the synthetic. We get the pace set up for it here. 
I'm willing to take stabs at horses who I don't think are the same level as some horses in this race, but have the exact setup I'm looking for here going two turns. I'll take 12 to one on the seven, Mr. Machusek as well. Trainer Diane Marici did what Robert Mosco and William Theranos couldn't do, which was claim off of Peter Walder and get a win. Uh, Peter Walder had this horse, was looking pretty good on a synthetic, uh, had had it before, and then once it left the Walder barn, wasn't doing very well. Marici got in first off of it, by the way, first off of a almost four month layoff there, goes up the ladder after being claimed for 10, goes back to the 20K level and gets the job done. Second off the layoff, again, another horse that I think has is, is got potential. And we said it at the start of this, you can hit the all button here. I'm not going to completely poo-poo any pick you want to make. Uh, last one for me, and I'm Michael Olson, I'm so sorry because you and I, I, we went four deep and we have the exact same four horses here. I'm so sorry, buddy. Uh, the number eight uncle Armado, Armando at eight to one. Uh, class drop, I think, a little bit from Florida bred optional claimers. Uh, you know, he ran a late running third, pretty respectable. Now he's back down to an open starter allowance field. He beat over this course to back reunites with Safi's top jockey, Edgar Zayas, who was aboard for that victory to back. We're third off the layoff late in the four year old season. Um, I like that we're staying on the synthetic, even though the turf course is opening up. Safi, I'm sure, could have found a spot that fit and decided, no, this might end up being better on synthetic. And the last two buyers, 78 and 77, are better, uh, either match or are better than anything this horse ever did previously in his career and in those last two races the pace was hot enough that it completely collapsed and he swept by late i think it's going to set up that way we're both feeling that way and this is the best price he's been at least morning line wise since safi took over training back in the summer so uh, i like him in here i guess not why you hate him because it, you know we don't like it love any of these horses but uh what, what kept you from using the eight horse if i went six deep the eight would have been the next on the <laughs> ticket um it was between the seven and the eight for me uh as the last horse on and the fact that i can point to past races for the seven that are good enough to win and the eight would need to improve is the reason why i ended up going with the seven over the eight because and, and to be honest you can make an argument that the eight will improve right i mean that you could say that hey we've got like you said third off the layoff later in the four-year-old season all those reasons are, are good reasons that the eight could take a step forward here i would just take rather take the bigger price who has who has the line on the paper i can point to versus the horse that's a shorter price they're probably going to take some money in this spot honestly because it's, it's a logical use here um who needs to improve to be able to win and Safi's back in Florida, so that's hey, you can actually play him this time. Uh, let's move on, Mike. The fifth and final leg of the late pick five, Goldstream Park, Saturday, December 10th, race 10. We're back on the turf once more. 10 males, three and up, traveling a mile and a 16th in for $16,000 tags. Hell of a way to end the sequence with these last two races. Where are you going on top? I'm going with the 21 shot, a 20 to one shot on top here. Uh, sassy but smart, the seven horse is dead lone speed in this spot. There is no one else that's going to go. And rarely do you get a horse coming from five furlong synthetic races that's dead lone speed that you can actually say, oh, no, no, no. We've done this two-turn thing on the turf before, and we're pretty good at it. We're good. Like, that's the thing with this horse. I'm shocked it's 20 to 1. I don't think we're getting 20 to 1. But let's just be honest. I think it's like 6 to 1, 7 to 1, something like that. But you have literally back-to-back-to-back races over this Gulfstream Park turf course in 2021 – where this horse made the lead in two of the three, uh, going seven and a half and a mile 16th, and almost held on to win two of those races where there was pace pressure. Now we're going to come back here with no pace pressure off the claim, too, which I love here. We got claimed by Hess, and then we're stretching out to the turf. Clearly, there was something. They agree that this is horse. Maybe, hey, maybe two turns on the turf where we want to be. I think it's a great spot for a 20-to-1 shot to take this field gate to wire to close out this pick five. 
Uh, I went three deep here, and I love this horse in this position too. Uh, Bob Hess, real smart guy, trying to pull the classic seven synthetic sprints to a turf route move. We always see him do, and it works really well. The sixth, um, the sixth in a row, bad, but the seventh—that's when they really hit their turf form. <laughs> Uh, nine of his 12 turf buyers are better than all seven of his synthetic buyers. I think the same thing that you did. And by the way, it's not so much the connection's fault. They didn't have a turf course to run on all summer. I don't know why we kept sprinting him over and over and over and over and over and over without it really working. But I can answer that. If you don't want to be on the lead going two turns on the synthetic and you have speed, what do you do? You You sprint sprint. and come off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and I love that you brought up the fact, you know, he he broke his maiden protected over this turf course. Uh, the other turf win came routing while protected. So he does definitely have races that you can point to uh, that work. My top pick, the number nine. Oh, no. Michael, did you do it again? Oh, we almost went perfect again in this last one. Uh, number nine, performing arts is my top pick. Three to one. Comes from a really, really talented family. He's a half to multiple grade one winner. Uh, turf routing Oscar performance, multiple graded stakes win turf router Oscar nominated hasn't quite been of that caliber, but you know, for this position, I think he's perfectly bred for it. Drops to the lowest tag of his life, returns to the Robert DeBona barn. already talked about that meet uh, DeBona is on fire right now. Four wins, 14 in the money finishes from 19 starters. Luis Saez hops aboard. He's clicking at 20% for the DeBona barn. Three to one price. I wish it was a little bit better, but I think this is just a perfectly spotted, uh, uh, perfectly spotted horse in this race. I mean, I left this one off, and I'm like tapping my finger and wondering if I should pull someone off a different leg to put them back on. This is my fourth <laughs> pick. I went three deep. Um, I'm worried it's too short off the layoff, and that was my main reason for leaving the horse off. Uh, it, like, first off, it, we're not a fast horse. We'll just uh, like out of the gate, and, and this is a brace with no pace, breaking from the nine post. First off, a layoff going shorter than I think the horse wants, and so there's. A, Quite a few negatives in my mind, but man, you look back at that $32,000 claiming race at Gulfstream Park where he just mowed down the field. This is a 16. Like, it's one of those where I, I feel like I may regret leaving this one off. Um, but this was a, a like we talked about how much pace there was last race and how pace really defined that handicap. For me, pace defined this handicap as well. And I felt like the nine was going to be too far off it, trying going a distance that's too short for him to be able to come from out of it. So that's why I ended up putting the nine and fourth here. I may fiddle with the ticket a little bit here in the background uh my second pick after the seven was the two horse the north remembers uh, this is a horse who's stepping up from that uh 16 or ten thousand dollar claiming level but uh, i think that the turf actually is a good move here two for six from the turf at this distance three for 12 over this Gulfstream park turf course and i think out of that two post is going to show some tactical speed and that's really what i was looking for here i think you're going to see the north Remembers sitting in third or fourth around that first turn and that's where I kind of want my horse to be, not eighth or ninth, where I expect the nine to be. Um, has the numbers to be able to get the job done. I mentioned likes this turf course. Don't love the two, but because of the setup, I think the two is a horse you have to use here. Uh, well, I think it was the last one off of uh, my ticket from this race was the two. Uh, it seems like it fits. A 10K to 16K to me at, at this level, I don't think is a difference. We talked about Fly the W from the last race, and, and the big reason you didn't like him was the post position um among other things but uh it was facing decent horses for the level it, it fits it got three wins on the turf so not just a synthetic specialist at all um i didn't use but uh i can see why i was use it my last one i'm gonna go to the number 10 all the way outside kitten spa i read ortiz jumping aboard it's a weird thing to say but ignore every result he's had since walensky claimed him <laughs> 
ignore all of those. I think it works out. Gulfstream Park, we talked about, they shut down the turf course. So Walensky moved a string, including this horse, to California, where you would think, oh, Del Mar, they're going to have all sorts of turf racing. And what happens? He gets rained off in one of those races at Del Mar. Uh, but I will say, the Del Mar 25K, the Santa Anita even 25K claiming ranks greatly outclasses a non-championship meet 16K claiming race at Gulfstream Park. Best finish to date with the barn was that mile race at Santa Anita Park two back so we finally got on the turf in a decent position and seemed to uh run okay there were nine horses there so it's kind of split the difference but if you know Walensky claimed this horse way back in january ran him back in the same spot lost him right away and then the first chance he got when he was back in for a tag claimed him back and has never been back down to this level since then we're back down to this level god you got to hope that i can help him overcome that oh for five and i don't mean wins i mean oh for five showing up on the Gulf street park turf yeah, I just never hit the board over this turf course. Um, everyone was trying to run him over synthetic instead of turf. And that, that to me is the, the big concern here, that, that this is a more of a synthetic course. Um, and uh, like, look, Walensky is 7% as a trainer, right? We're not exactly a world beater here either. So I, 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 there may be some placement issues with this horse as well. I agree this is the lowest level we've been at. And you love the fact that Ired picks up the mount. But you hate the post, and you yeah. hate the fact that we're we're going to have to come from off the pace in the paceless race. I mean, to me, that again, it's the nine and the ten in a vacuum. Maybe the two most talented horses in the race, but they're definitely facing they're they're up against it because of the pace in the post, and and so it's that's why I ended up leaving the ten off in this spot. Um, but I, I like look, I'm not going to talk anyone off the nine or the ten. I would just wave the caution flag there if I'm uh, if we're talking about it. I'm going to go to the one horse, Officer County. I'm kind of surprised you did not use this horse magic because it's a lot of the same reasons I use the seven that I'm going to use the one here in this spot. Uh, we're getting back to the turf. Well, I guess you can get the 0 for 4 of the distance, 0 for 7 of the Gulfstream turf. So I guess that's not completely fair. But the horse, the turf races I felt were as good as or better than the synthetic races that you saw out of this horse. And now we're getting back to the turf course here. If we can improve off those last two synthetics, even just a tick up, which we had better turf races prior to that, the one horse fits here, and I'm going to go back to the pace. This is the only other horse in the race that shows any pace. If the seven clears, the one sits right behind it, and the seven sucks, guess who makes the lead? The one horse. And so, like, to me, this is, again, we're, like, I, this is oddly a pace handicapping show basically now in the last two races, but there are clear advantages in the pace and there are clear disadvantages. And when you have an advantage with the one post and tactical speed versus disadvantages on the outside, and you're getting a bigger price, I'm going to lean toward taking the horse that I think has the tactical edge there. Now I don't love the turf numbers or the Gulfstream park turf numbers. That definitely is a, an issue there. But again, if you go back to the turf races, they're, statistically higher both time form and buyer wise than the synthetic races this horse ran so they, they had there's some ability there uh, and today we get the setup where if we can't get it done today then it's probably never and uh we shouldn't be running this horse much anymore but i, I i'm gonna go with the, the tactile advantage on the pace side for the one the two and the seven here and hopefully we can get around the nine and the ten maybe better horses just are kind of up against it One's not a terrible, I think this is a good position and you brought up those turf numbers, but they can be really skewed because this horse was mostly a turf horse until late last fall. And then they were like, oh, let's try this new synthetic thing at Gulfstream Park. And then hey, we can dab a little bit in the turf course after that. And when we came back to the turf at age five, you've got three thirds, all very competitive thirds, and then a fourth where we missed second by about a length and a half. So the, those races fit. They were all at this level. You think now we're drawing the, we've got the rail draw here. Uh, Villalobos was aboard for the first time last out, almost got a win. 
you know, you would think that he apparently fits the horse pretty well. So I don't know anything about Villalobos but, or, or trainer Mon Monica Magoey. Uh, she's probably Irish. I can guess that. But uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I don't hate this spot, you know, using it. I think this horse definitely showed improvement at age five. And when you're looking just kind of a general handicapping lesson, when you see that the horse is 0 for 7 at the Goldstream Park turf and only two wins from 15 starts on turf, figure out when did it happen. Is there a pattern? This horse at age five for the level took a step forward and is a better horse than he had been by far at age four, three or two when they were running him. Yeah, it's, it's interesting too. switched barns is not run on the turf for this barn yet either. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this this barn handles the turf course. All the previous efforts were before the claim. So uh, we'll see what happens there. This is also the first time we're back at the $16,000 claiming level. Every other race has been run above it. So I, there, there are arguments to make as to why this is this. there's been this losing streak. And we'll see if we can uh, we can flip it around on Saturday. Well, even the last two races, that was a 20K where you could have taken a conditional 16K tag to get a weight break. So, you know, if they really wanted to risk this horse for a 16K before, they, they had chances in the last, actually three of the last four starts there and didn't do it. So uh, all good signs. Again, these last two races, if you've got opinions that are different of ours, go for it. These ones are, especially that, that penultimate leg, man. Like you said, Mike, perfectly, dartboard race. Yeah. Yeah, don't don't leave the seven off in the last. That horse yeah, is not going to do that. twenty to one and is clear alone speed. So uh, if I won't talk you off anyone, I would try to talk you onto that seven. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining Mike and I to welcome back Gulfstream Parks Turf Racing, uh, the late pick five Saturday, December tenth. We're gonna go ahead and give out our tickets one last time for the podcast listeners. If you're watching on YouTube, thanks for joining us. Take a look down below, Mike. I will start. I'm gonna go four nine, then single the one. And then three, four, seven, nine, five, eight, nine, ten, seven, nine, ten. That is a forty-eight dollar ticket. All right, I'm gonna give a couple versions of mine in case you want to cut it down. Don't usually give out a ninety dollar ticket, but here we are today. So uh, I'm gonna go with two, four, seven, eight, with one, with three, four, nine, with two, three, five, seven, nine, with one, two, seven for ninety bucks. If you want to cut it to sixty, I would take the three out of the third leg. And if you want to cut it down to, I don't know what it would be. Anyway, the four in the first leg would be the other horse I would consider cutting. If you wanted to keep that three in, I would cut the four in the first leg to cheapen it up to. Sorry, I, mean, I want to go back to uh, that last race real quick. Rob had a comment come in right as we left it there. The three brings up, uh, he's only run on turf four times. And if you want to use the same argument that I did for your one, that the last time this horse tried turf was early in the three-year-old year, and now we're late in the five-year-old year. You also have a trainer, Laura Cazares, who claimed this horse and brings it back to turf for the first time in two and a half years. So there are some angles there that maybe that wakes the horse back up. Kozan, pretty good uh, turf sire. Pretty good sire overall in Florida, but uh, yeah. So I want, Rob, that was a good point. I wanted to make sure I highlighted that. Laura, one for 16 on the year, but 29% first off the claim, two for seven. And she is, uh, she's, she, yeah, she is eight for 16 in the money. So she has three seconds and four thirds so far at this meet. So the horses are running. They just need a little bit better, uh, running luck. Damn it. I'm about to talk myself. Don't do it. Magic. Don't <laughs> Rob, if the three wins, uh, on Monday, remind me, I'll, I'll, I'll sing your praises here about it. Uh, that's going to do it for us though. We're going to get out of here. Uh, kind of a light weekend racing wise. The last couple, I'll get to it. Don't worry. Next couple of weekends racing wise. Um, we have the starlet stakes this weekend. That's the main feature. And then the Los Al futurity will be next weekend. Pretty light. But then after that, it's Christmas and then it's Malibu day. And then, Oh boy, hold on to your butts. Cause here we go. Uh, but we're not there yet. It is still football season. Mike, what do you want to talk about tonight? Thursday night football, baby. It's a, it's a battle of L.A., right? The Raiders and the Rams, the two favorite teams in L.A. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is actually true. <laughs>
Uh, Raiders headed into Los Angeles tonight, currently laying seven most places, total sitting at 43 and a half. Uh, I don't want to lay seven with the Raiders, but that offense should be absolutely humming. They're averaging seven yards per play, seven yards every offensive snap for the past three weeks. Uh, I think they're going to have a ton of success on the ground and through the air. Uh, Rams defense is not great, uh, especially in the last couple games. However, they played their Super Bowl last weekend, which I think is important to note. Bobby Wagner got that team up for that Rams-Seattle game. He had come from Seattle to try and win a Super Bowl with the Rams. That's obviously gone sideways as they now have Baker Mayfield on their team. Uh, but it, this is a spot where I think the Rams defense is – they're in, they're in it. I, I, I expect that the, the uh, Raiders are going to be able to put up points left and right. The team total is sitting at 24 and a half. I like that team total over more than any other bet tonight. Um, I would lean toward the Raiders. I would lean toward the over. I expect the Raiders to score points. So I'm going to take the team total over 24 and a half. Um, Devontae Adams, if you can get him over 85 and a half yards, I think he's going to have a pretty darn good game tonight as well. Uh, Jalen Ramsey, probably not going to follow him all over the field. So they're going to be able to get matchups against the Rams second and third cornerbacks who are not very good. Rams also can't rush the passer now that Aaron Donald's out. If you can't rush the passer, Derek Carr usually has a pretty good day. So uh, I think everything points toward the Raiders having a solid offensive day. Problem for the Raiders, their defense sucks. And uh, that means that the Rams might score some points here and not cover that seven points. So give me the Raiders team total over 24 and a half tonight. Um, I, I think if you want to play the Raiders first half, I would feel a little better about that. And if any point Baker Mayfield becomes a starting quarterback, live bet the Raiders right at that point because <laughs> there is no way that he knows very much of this playbook. So they're going to have to be completely vanilla. And the toughest thing, if he plays, how does he audible? What's he going to audible to? He doesn't know how to audible. That's a great point. In two days. like So that means you only have your play call. They can never get out of what they called. That is an awful spot to be in, in the NFL. You like One of the biggest benefits is quarterbacks that can switch to positive calls. He will not be able to do that because he doesn't know how to audible in the Rams system. So uh, if Baker comes in, I'm playing Raiders in game. I like the Raiders team total over. Can I, so the last two times that we've talked about football I've, and I've given out a player prop, it's cash. So let's see if I can go three for three. And it's going to build off of what you were talking about with your analysis there, that if the Rams don't rush the passer very well, Derek Carr is going to have a great time. Uh, you think the Rams are going to score a lot. It sounds like the Rams are going to be playing from behind, especially if they're seven point, almost seven point underdogs right now. And if Baker Mayfield comes in, good effing luck. Uh, Cam Akers, the running back for the Rams. Right now it's uh, 46 yards uh, for the rushing total for him. The last two games, he's had 61 and 60 yards, but or two of his last three, I should say. But the problem with that is that we just saw a couple wide receivers for the Rams suddenly start to get some catches. And he, you can see that Sean McVay hasn't completely given up on the team, right? He's still trying. He's trying to figure out what can work. So giving the wide receivers a little bit more, trying to expand the offense, Kyron Williams, um, you know, is another uh, running back that could take some touches away from Akers. But really, if they're playing from behind early and they don't have a very, you know, solid defense going on, you're not going to get a lot of rushing yards. So my bet, I would say take the prop. Cam Akers under 46 rushing yards for the game. What say you? I I agree. Uh, your biggest concern is is the first half. Because like if, if yeah. as long as the Raiders get up, that's going to change the second half game plan. They're going to stick with the run in the first half. However, the Raiders have been much better against the run the last three games. They got trounced in Indianapolis with the run, but Indy's offensive line and running backs are significantly better than what you have with the Rams. This Raiders defense actually been playing a little bit better the last couple of weeks. I, I like the under on Acres as well. There, sacks in the game. The total is four and a half. 
kind of like, like for for everybody for both teams. I kind of like the over. I I, yeah. I I like the Raiders have rushed the passer very well the last few games. Max Crosby started to get it going, and that offensive line for the Rams is no bueno. Um, so if you're sitting there at the four and a half level, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see four sacks for the Ram or for the uh, Raiders and one for the Rams to get you to that five total. Uh, so I'm a little interested in the over four and a half sacks prop as well. Rob, I'll get I'll put this up here in case it cashes. We'll give you some more credit. Van Jefferson over 36 and a half receiving yards. That's his prop. That's the time for us for today. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kelloward. He is at Summerbomb18, number one, number eight, corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. And remember, Blinkers Off was just live and uh yeah, we just finished up an hour ago. So uh download that, go check out the replay on YouTube, is really my recommendation. You want to see the intro video for the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League. The draft is next Thursday night. Mike and I got a lot of work to do, so we're going to get out of here. Until then, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. See if I hit the right button this time. Good luck, everybody. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.